0: It's time now for the complete story of public news and information feature of BOT Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich BOT, with today's complete story.
1: Well, you know, Rich, being in the broadcast business, we're supposed to keep up on things, but sometimes I get kind of worried. By the way, it's nice to have you in the studio with me. Thank
0: you. Thank you. I'm glad to be back in the studio uh-huh. with you.
1: Well, it's been a busy week, hasn't it?
0: My goodness, it has been a busy week.
1: Well, what is that? What
0: happened last weekend was you were inducted into the Missouri Broadcasters Hall of Fame, oh. and congratulations! We were all so very proud of yeah. you, and uh, how wonderful this uh, this honor uh, yeah, to well, be bestowed on Bot you. Bot
1: Radio Network is sixty-one years old now, so I guess good things happen if you stick around. Long uh,
0: Bot Radio Network <laughs> began in uh, in the Missouri, in the state of Missouri, in Kansas City,
1: 1962.
0: And, uh, this is quite an honor to. Some of the other nominees or some of the other inductees into uh, this Hall of Fame include people like Rush Limbaugh, Jack Buck, Harry Carey, Joe Gargiola, Mike Murphy, Jim Bohannon, Mitch uh, Holtis, and the sportscaster Bob Costas. And that
1: takes us way, way back. Anyway, well, thank you so much. Congratulations. And, uh, now, listen, folks, uh, when things are in the shape they are, And when right is called wrong, and wrong is called right, and people believe it, and they're even affirming it, celebrating it, honest to goodness, here is a a song that I think speaks to it. Uh, I just love it. Here it is.
2: Someone said. Each one shares his share of tears And trouble troubles us all But the hurt won't hurt forever and the tears
1: Rich, that's what a Christian can count on for sure. Mm-hmm. A Christian who knows the Lord and reads his Bible and understands the Bible can count on something beyond ourselves because it isn't good now, is it?
0: The Lord will be with us even to the end of the world.
1: Now, isn't it interesting? We talk about the importance of life. Uh, we've been on this subject before, folks, many times, and we'll keep doing it. As long as God gives me breath and I know Rich, (laughs) uh, that's what Bot Radio Network does is tell the truth. But the subject of life, now that's human life, the subject of human life for which Christ died.
0: Created in the image of God.
1: Look at how we have diminished that, how we have forgotten uh, the sound of a baby, the importance of a baby and what the baby brings into each and every life around them, uh, that's the new beginning. Uh, Now, the point is, when does that baby begin? Uh, You talk to people that are in the abortion business or sometimes even a preacher will not really think about or talk about or explain what he means about the life of a child the life of a baby. Uh, When does human life begin? Listen to this.
3: You're in a conversation about abortion and someone says, human life doesn't begin at conception. It's just a clump of cells. What would you say? It's easy to say life doesn't begin at conception because an embryo doesn't look like what we think people should look like. But we know human life begins at some point. Here are a few things to remember while you think about when that is. First, life doesn't begin at birth. It isn't logical to say life begins at birth because that would suggest that the baby inside the womb one day prior to birth wasn't alive. It's not reasonable to say an individual who is alive at birth is not alive one day prior to birth. The only difference is where they are. So we know life does not begin at birth. Second, life doesn't begin at viability. Many argue that human life begins once a baby can survive, on her own, outside the womb. But there are problems with this argument, too. After all, viability changes based on technology. Today, babies can be born at 24 weeks and survive. But 200 years ago, that wasn't possible. Viability is also determined based on where you are born. Wealthy nations make things possible for babies that wouldn't be possible in a poorer country. Does that mean a 24-week baby in the United States is more alive than a 24-week baby in the jungles of the Congo? Of course not. So life must be determined by something other than viability. Third, life does not begin with a heartbeat. We know that living things only come from other living things. It wouldn't be possible then for the embryo to be non-living for the first few weeks and suddenly spring into life. So the embryo has to be alive prior to the heartbeat. Does this mean that we can be alive without a heartbeat? Yes, that's actually what makes the newly conceived embryo more functionally impressive than a born person. The embryo has an ability to live, grow, and move through the stages of human development without the feature you and I need to continue our growth and development. If life doesn't begin at birth, viability, or heartbeat, when does it begin? Life begins at conception, fertilization. At fertilization, a living mother and father give life to a whole living organism, genetically distinct from his or her mother and father. No, the embryo doesn't look like everyone else, but aren't we past the idea that someone has to look a certain way before they are considered human? Think of it like a Polaroid picture. Initially, all you will see are black smudge marks, The moment the photo is taken, however, the image is captured, it just needs time to develop. The same is true for you and me. The moment of sperm-egg fusion, we in our uniqueness from our parents, began to exist. We just needed time to develop.
1: Oh, um, folks, uh, get serious now with me. And Rich, here in the studio. We're just kind of going to to go through this, Uh, not to argue, not to get into a big argument or anything like that, but let's use common sense. Uh, You know, when I was born, I continued to develop and I depended on my mother and others to help me develop and keep developing. And from the moment of conception, it's a state of development, isn't it, Rich?
0: We just need time to develop.
1: Now, Abby Johnson, um, most people, I think, know that name. She worked for Planned Parenthood for many years, um, and she was also the manager of a Planned Parenthood facility. I think it was in Texas, Rich, as I remember, and that Abby Johnson, uh, through a series of things in her own life, her own family, came into the stark reality, what on earth am I doing? There was a
0: recent movie about her story.
1: And you will hear, the first thing you will hear is the voice of somebody who is going to defend abortion. Uh, They're going to defend taking the life of an innocent human being, and they're going to try and make their case. Let's see how well they do, because then Abby Johnson comes in, and she tells you her story. So with that in mind, just sit back, folks, turn your radio up, and please contemplate. um, As you listen, here it is.
4: I'm the Advocacy Director for the ACLU of Kentucky, and I'm here to testify against Senate Bill 9. This law is patently unconstitutional, The second it is signed, the ACLU of Kentucky will file a
5: lawsuit. I urge you to vote no on Senate Bill 9. My name is Nicole Stipp. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a tax paying constituent. I create jobs and I issue a lot of 1099s. And I have had an abortion. It didn't have a heartbeat. It didn't have a face. It didn't have feelings. It was a clump of cells and tissue. I can also promise you that had I been forced to see this pregnancy through I would have done what women have done for all the decades people like you have been trying to stop abortions I would have gone to any length medically overseen or not to end my pregnancy I am just like the other one in four women that have had abortions we do it because we cannot provide a life for children while we work for financial stability. We do it because we don't want to bear children and haven't yet had our IUDs or surgeries to prevent it. We do it because we're 18, have been sexually assaulted and don't want to have a baby.
2: Thank you for your comments. And uh, we will
5: now yield to the sponsor of the bill. Good morning, committee. I'm Senator Castlin, the sponsor of Senate Bill 9, the fetal heartbeat bill. And the first speaker is Abby Johnson. And Abby, if you can introduce yourself for the record. Sure, my name is Abby Johnson. I worked at Planned Parenthood for eight years. I was an abortion clinic director. And I listened to the testimony from the opposition of this bill and I want to sort of go through some of that um, interesting testimony that we heard and many non-factual points that were made in that testimony. One thing that I kept hearing was that, uh, you know, there's no exceptions in this bill for any, any sort of rape or incest. Let me be clear, even if they were, the ACLU wouldn't support it, even if there were, Planned Parenthood wouldn't support this bill so the fact that they're even bringing that up is really intellectually dishonest Uh, abortion can never on its face be safe because in order for an abortion to be deemed successful an individual and unique human being with a beating heart must die that can never be safe for that individual human life. I want to uh, talk specifically about what a first trimester abortion is and what it looks like from a person who ran a Planned Parenthood abortion facility and was there for eight years. First trimester abortions are by and large the most common abortion procedure we see in the United States. A transvaginal ultrasound is standard procedure inside of every National Abortion Federation clinic, which includes every Planned Parenthood clinic. That transvaginal ultrasound is done for primarily one reason, to determine how far along the woman is in her pregnancy so that we knew how much to charge her for the abortion. After the ultrasound is performed, the ultrasound machine is rolled away. The doctor comes in, who, by the way, has no conversation with with the woman before the abortion. The fact that many people say abortion should be a decision made between a woman and her doctor is laughable. There is never a time where the abortion doctor goes in, sits down with the woman, and goes over risk alternatives and benefits to abortion. It does not happen. Um, the doctor starts performing the abortion. He's going to insert into the woman's uterus. Uh, into the cervix metal dilation rods, graduated metal dilation rods. He's going to dilate the cervix enough so that he can insert something called a suction cannula. That cannula looks like a straw. It is graduated. It gets bigger depending on how big the baby is in the womb so that the head will be able to fit through that suction cannula. He's going to insert that suction probe inside of the woman's uterus. Ultrasound guidance is not used. That is not the standard protocol inside of National Abortion Federation or Planned Parenthood clinics. He's going to take that probe and he's going to blindly poke around inside the woman's uterus until he thinks he has enough blood and tissue in a glass jar. That glass jar is going to go into a lab called the POC lab. POC in the medical community stands for products of conception. The products of conception is, of course, the baby, but you can't say baby inside of the abortion clinic. So we said POC or POC, or if the staff was feeling funny, they would say that it stood for parts of children. After all the parts were accounted for, the POC lab technician would dump everything out into a glass baking dish that sat on top of an X-ray light box, and she would reassemble the parts of the baby. Please understand me. I'm talking about first trimester abortion. Yes, there are parts. Yes, they must be reassembled. The baby is fully formed. Every internal organ is formed by 12 weeks gestation. So yes, there are parts even earlier than 12 weeks. Once all the parts are reassembled, that POC tech, tech will take everything, dump it into a red biohazard Ziploc, sort of bag and those bags will go into a freezer in the POC lab that the staff jokingly called the nursery. And once a week, a company, a biohazard medical waste company like Stericycle will come into the facility and they will pick up all the red bags of babies where they are taken to their facility to be incinerated. That's if the abortion facility decides they don't want to just put them in their industrial size garbage disposal and grind them up and put them into the water waste treatment facilities. That is first trimester abortion. We have already heard the testimonies from the opposition calling women who are pregnant, pregnant persons. Because now we live in a time where people say it is not just women who get pregnant. Now apparently men can get pregnant. And that shows you just how detached from science the pro-choice side is on this issue. Fact, only women get pregnant. You got to have lady parts to have a baby. That's science. Science also tells us that from the moment of conception, unique and individual and unrepeatable DNA is formed. That DNA is human. Never in the history of the world has a woman ever delivered a cat or a dog or any other species other than human. That's science. Our history tells us time and time again that it is unjust to take the life of an innocent human being. It was unjust to dehumanize an entire segment of people when we were working to abolish slavery it was unjust to dehumanize an entire group of Jewish people in the Holocaust. But those two examples that I just gave you only exist because our society was willing to turn a blind eye, look a human person in the face and say that is not a human being. That is not scientific. Now we are living in such depravity that there are people, like the people that oppose this bill, that are willing to say, I know it's a human being. I know it has a heartbeat. I know there is life there and I know it is innocent and I'm willing to kill it. We have sunk to a new low, In our society and it is time for us to rectify what we have done so if you are a person here who has had an abortion I encourage you to seek healing because abortion is not normal taking the life of an innocent human being that is your own flesh and blood and your own DNA it's not normal and there are healing resources available And to the people in here who work in the abortion industry, I encourage you to seek healing from a ministry called And Then There Were None. We can get you out of the industry, and we can get you into a line of work that you can actually be proud of. And to the ACLU, I can say affirmatively, we look forward to your lawsuit. Senator Higdon? Aye. Senator Humphreys. Aye. Senator Parrott? Aye.
2: The bill has passed. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen.
5: So there you are,
1: folks. Uh, yeah. That was a that was a bill that was being discussed uh, oh quite a in, little while I ago. I think in
0: Kentucky. And God bless Abby Johnson. Yes. Dad, the name of that movie about her life story was called Unplanned.
1: Unplanned. Of course it didn't get any any press, it didn't get in the media. Oh it was quite it,
0: it a lot of people well, got to is, see that, and you can still see it today.
1: Now listen, I'm just looking at something here. It says, a lie doesn't become truth, wrong doesn't become right, and evil does not become good just because it's accepted by a majority. And that's something to remember. Well, Richa, we ought to get right into some of our listener comments. We have
0: some wonderful listener comments, and let me give the number, 1-800-345-2621. Yeah. 1-800-345-2621. We'd love to hear from you.
1: All right, let's see how many we can do. Here's a lady.
5: Hi, my name is Kelsey, and I just wanted to first say I love bot Radio. I, I've been listening to you guys since I was a kid, and my grandma used to listen to you every day. And so when I listen, I think of her and just all the wisdom bestowed on myself and my family so thank you bot radio have a wonderful day and I'll
1: talk to y'all later uh, dear lady thank wow, you so isn't much that for being with her thank grandmother you. thank you so much and thank your grandma if she's still with us uh, God bless God bless your grandmas and the moms and, uh, and
0: Chelsea's been listening now her whole life uh, here's a gentleman
2: I just wanted to say thank you
0: thank you for doing everything that you do to share the love of Christ. I look forward to my morning drive just so I can listen patiently, intently to your radio network.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, sir.
0: Thank you for listening as you drive. Keep your eyes on the road.
1: And here's a lady. My name is Holly, and I'm from Missouri. I'm just calling to say thank you for my radio. It is wonderful to be able to have pastors when I'm not going to church to be able to feed the spirit. And also give biblical understanding of what's going on in this world. Thank you for your ministry. And thank you, dear lady. And she's a Missouri listener, isn't that nice?
0: Right, and she gets her spirit fed and uh, increases her biblical understanding. I'll
1: tell you what, folks, and then find a good church where they preach the Bible and do not compromise. Uh, That is for sure. And they're getting harder and harder to find now.
0: That's where you can grow, and that's where you can serve.
1: Here's a gentleman. Thank God for Bob Radio Network. We love listening to your programs, all
4: of them, especially John MacArthur. God bless you. Thank you.
0: Uh, well, we love grace to you with John MacArthur as well.
1: Yeah, You know, he really stands up, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, um, uh, here's a lady.
5: Thank you for your wonderful service to the Christian community. I don't have a TV, a computer, or newspapers because I can't afford them. Listening to you has helped me understand the Holy Bible better, and i feel like i have lots of friends on the bot radio program thank you again for everything may
0: god bless all of you well thank uh, you And really. sweet fellowship here with bot radio yes, network absolutely. thank you for listening
1: and uh, it sounds like whatever money you are you do have you're putting in the right places uh, and eliminating things you really don't need as much as a lot of people think they do all right here's a gentleman
4: hi by radio my name is anthony i'm calling you from modesto california i want to appreciate you guys you are doing wonderful job especially the pro-lifers uh, i want to pray that god will bless you that god will keep your radio station on earth and uh, that God will prosper his work in your hand and uh, you have a galaxy of preachers and uh, i really appreciate you guys Thank you, and have a wonderful day.
0: Thank, Thank you, Anthony, In all Modesto. the way
1: from Modesto, California. Well, yes,
0: Dad. Well, he's listening on 99.9 FM, KCIV, broadcasting from high atop Mount Bullion, 4,200 feet above the valley floor, reaching from north of Modesto to south of Fresno. That That's the central valley of California. I
1: See, that comes to your mind immediately, because you and I both were there trying to pick a good transmitter site that would have good coverage of what we broadcast, which is quality Bible teaching and Christian news and information.
0: I think that went on the air in 1989. Here's a lady.
2: My husband and I were listening when your very first radio station came on here in Kansas City area. We have listened to
1: B.O.T. almost exclusively, and we have enjoyed many of the programs. Thank you.
0: Oh, isn't that something? That is a long-time listener. Uh, yes, Thank I you, dear lady. No. God bless you.
1: My goodness sake. Oh, yes. I would like to visit with her. I would like <laughs> to...
0: share some visit stories.
1: Sure. Compare notes. That brings back the Blue Ridge Mall. <laughs> and, uh, and At he's... the
4: very
0: beginning.
1: All right, now here's a gentleman.
4: I have a long story, but I'll make it short. Many years ago, I worked as a contractor in a lady's house in Cordova, Tennessee, who... Uh, had an inner calm she played WCRV all day long in every room well the first three days working there drove me nuts but in time I listened to at least some of the programs and before too long I played it on my car radio make a long story short it took a long time but eventually I gave my life to Jesus so what I want to let you know folks that are working there, I, I don't know whom to thank, but I owe you big time, I owe you my life. When you get up in the morning, it doesn't matter if you're the receptionist or the program director or a technician, do not think you're just doing a job. You are first responders, you're mm. saving lives. I'm sure I'm not the first person ever that got saved listening to your station. You make sure I'm not the last one, oh. thanks.
1: Oh man, Did that ever thrill me, Rich. You know what, because it really is a team and everyone is doing what they do for the Lord.
0: And these are critical days, and and we are kind of like first responders, but it gives an opportunity for the Word of God to do the work of God.
1: What that gentleman just said reminds me we are not transmitters and microphones and towers and electronic equipment. We are a team. We are people that are doing our best to bring the programming that we do. So anyway, thank I you think to that listener in uh, Memphis. All right, this is Dick Bott with this chapter of the complete story with my son Rich, and we'll see you later.